Church tonight. It's good to see each one of you. I'd like to welcome you here tonight. Now, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. My throat's really been dry the last couple of days, so I may not even be able to sing, but I'll try to get us going. I was going to try to catch Micah and get him to do the song service tonight, but I missed him somehow. So if you will, find you a place and turn, first of all, to number 191. 191, count your blessings. Number 191. And I'll ask you to stand, if you will. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Number 22, Christ is all I need. 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 Oh, oh I Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. All, all I need. He was crucified for me. He died. 
Well, I let you sit down, but I want to ask you, if you will, to shake hands with some folks around there and tell them it's good to see you. It's good to see each other tonight. Several, several things. I see that our invitation cards are not going very fast, so be sure you pick up a bunch of these before you leave tonight. They're on the front table out there and also back here. And uh, you don't have to be a big conversationalist. Just, you know, you can just hand it to somebody so we'd like to invite you to come on a big date. Self-explanatory on the back. It's got the Bible way to heaven. So it ought to be something that everybody's interested in. So um, get some of them and <clears throat> pass them out. You can leave them, you know, when you go out to eat. Leave them, don't leave them on the table there for the waitress, things like that. <clears throat> also, if you haven't already got your devotional um, for October, November, December, be sure to pick, pick that up. And um, looks, like the, looks like the ladies are having a fellowship. <clears throat> this will be... Next Thursday, not, not this Thursday, but the next Thursday night at 6.30. And it says, bring a fall food and come ready to get crafty. So I don't know what that means, do you? <laughs> um, but it sounds good. All right, Usher, would you come? Let's see the offering. Ladies are kind of crafty anyway, aren't they? They're, they're able to do things with things that men are not able to do. <clears throat> Make something good out of something that's not all that good. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessing on the offer and pray for our uh, service here tonight. 
and uh, we'll be taking our prayer requests here in just a minute. <clears throat> Brother Weiss, would you lead us in prayer? Amen. take out your prayer list and uh, look it over if you have any additions raise your hand or if you've had a prayer request been answered okay. so is she on here already Where is it a special need? Um, she's not a special need. Her father is a surgery associate. Okay, and even that name again, I can't find it here. Okay, about halfway down on the uh, special need list. So, Okay. For those of you at home, uh, that's uh, Freya, F-R-E-Y-A, Horn, H-O-R-N-E. <clears throat> be having surgery. All right, someone else. Jim. Robbie and Abigail. All right, uh, someone else. Go ahead. So it's, uh, 
I'll, I'll just put your niece, okay, since you don't know her name. All right, someone else. Unspoken, uh, unspoken, raise your hand. <clears throat> Kathy also asked for prayer tonight. She's having trouble with her back, so remember, remember her. And uh, still, uh, brother Steve, he's still having problem with the shingles. Plus, his other problem with his back. He's he's over here on special needs. So uh, continue praying for him. Someone else? All right, stand again. Bill, you want to stand again? Okay, stand again. Take your songbook. Bill, lead us another song. I'm going to try to sing with a cough drop in my mouth. Maybe that'll help me. Maybe I'll be able to hit some of these notes. Number 302, 302. Oh, it is a wonderful to be a Christian. Life has purpose now it never had before. There is meaning to each day and even more. For a joy and peace I can't explain is mine. Since I found new life in Christ my Lord divine. Oh, it is wonderful to be a Christian. Oh, it is wonderful to be God's child. Oh, it is wonderful to have your sins Oh, it is wonderful to be redeemed, justified, forever reconciled. I can go directly to the Lord in prayer. He has told me I may boldly enter there. And he listens as his promises I plead. I find mercy there and grace for every need. Oh, it is wonderful to be a Christian. Oh, it is wonderful to be God's child. Oh, it is wonderful to have your sins forgiven. Oh, it is wonderful to be redeemed, justified, forever reconciled. And the hope of heaven's glory thrills me so. Where I'll live with Christ forevermore, I know. That is why the things of earth I loosely hold. I've eternal better far than gold oh it is wonderful to be a Christian oh it is wonderful to be God's child oh it is wonderful to have your sins forgiven oh it is wonderful to be redeemed justified forever reconciled amen thank you you may be seated I started um, several weeks ago um, bringing a series of lessons on Noah, the faith of Noah. And uh, when I first started this, I thought, you know, this would be a pretty simple thing. Uh, but, but when you get into it, especially there in Genesis, when it's talking about the building of the ark and all those things, and, and um, actually it's, it's turned out to be a pretty complicated <laughs> study and uh, but but um, I'm 
I'm deliberately not saying a lot about the building of the ark um, because I mean that's just such a the thinking about the dimensions of it and and all that all that went into it and and uh, and of course the Bible's you know it's pretty brief about about that but um, but you can just imagine what what was involved in something like this you're talking about now some of you said you've seen that the ark that they built up there in Kentucky isn't it um, and um, and I've seen pictures of it and everything <clears throat> but and and uh, I understand you know they've tried to construct it as close to what they felt like the uh, you know what directions God had gave to had given to Noah but but there's still a lot about it that's not biblically correct uh, because because they have you know they the front's got you know some kind of curves and the back's got curves but when anything any you know you got say you got a box and you're gonna you're gonna make curves in it you're you're taking up some space in that you would be using if it was just a square or a rectangular box you, you understand what I mean uh, they needed all the space that they could get in that thing um, now it it's uh, it was three three stories high, but then there was a there was also a it could be called another fourth story, but it was just an air. It was to uh, let air in. It had a uh, my understanding of it, it had a, a kind of like a an overhang so that rain you know the rain wouldn't come in, but but it had to be open to let air in because you got all those animals in there. And, and of course, you know, Noah and his family, they, they had to have air, they had to have for, to breathe, but, uh, but those, so, that, you know, they had the air, air for those animals. And you can imagine, you know, the, uh, the sanitation difficulties and all that stuff that goes, would go into all of that. And remember, they were in that ark for a little over a year. And I think if I remember correctly, it was around a year and 10 days that they were inside that and so it wasn't just 40 days and 40 nights. That was how long it rained. But they were in that ark, and, and they, had to have, they had to have enough fruit, uh, food, star, uh, straw, and oats, and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever they'd feed those animals. They had to have enough in there to last for a year. Plus, they had to have enough food for themselves to last for a year. I mean, they're not going to be able to step out to the supermarket. That's, I mean, they were they were in that they were shut in that that ark. They could not they could not go out even if they wanted to. And because um, Bible says God shut the door, and it was not until God opened that door that they were able to go out. <clears throat> um, so there there's a lot of lot of things about it. And I you know and I when I'm reading this and I'm wondering where did Noah get the money? To you know, for this kind of a, a a deal, I read that the ark they built up there in Kentucky that that, that cost them a hundred million dollars to build that. And uh, where where did he get? And then he was having to pay pay help because there's no way that he and his three sons could have built that by themselves. They had to have help, probably hundreds of people at at various times that were having to help them because uh, in order, when they would get up 
you know, the high points of that, they'd have to have scaffolding and everything, and and so and and just the weight and all that that's involved in it. <clears throat> um, it, it it's it's a very complicated thing, and uh, so I'm not even going to attempt to describe uh, to you what you know what what was involved in the building of that. We'll, we'll hit a little bit on it, but I I would uh, I hope I'll be able to finish the final lesson. And uh, I was calling this one Noah, a preacher of faith. Now, what uh, what got me started about this was in our study in Galatians. Uh, Brother Puckett had been preaching, been speaking uh, uh, here in our Sunday school class <clears throat> from the Book of Galatians, and and of course I've studied it over the years and everything. And and uh, but. There's there's no way that you can you can read the book of Galatians and not come to the realization that there's never been one way of salvation. That's through faith, and 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 very plainly tells you that in Galatians, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Same thing in in the book of Hebrews. Without without Galatians and without Hebrews, it would be harder to understand the Old Testament. But since we have that. It, it, it opens up a lot of things and get, helps us to understand uh, things more clearly. Now, there, there, is, there is a teaching that, uh, that I think is very unfortunate that, that people are teaching it, but there is uh, what we refer to as hyper-dispensationalism. And, and they, in that teaching, they say that there's seven dispensations of time, and then in each one of those, there's a different way to be saved. Now, Galatians refutes that. Hebrews refutes that. Chapter 11 of Hebrews refutes that about faith. And um, <clears throat> there's never been, there's never been but one, one, one way of salvation. And you can't read the book of Hebrews and come away with any other understanding but that there's, there's always been, no matter what age it was or what, what dispensation, you know, if you want to call it that, uh, there's, there's never been but one way, and that's through faith, through believing in the Lord. So, so let's get started here in chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> we'll look again at verse, verse 7 here. It says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not, yet, not seen as yet, moved with fear. And I've already pointed out to you that word there. Uh, it, it's a, a word that, that we would we would use and you know instead of using the word fear would be reverence. It was kind of a reverent fear. Um, he moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith, not by works, by faith, not by keeping the law, but by by faith. It's faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so, so it's faith. And the, the great story of Noah is summarized in, in that one verse there. By faith, be it Noah being warned by God about things not seen as yet, moved with fear, moved with reverence, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, one of the things you would note from that is that you just read a Bible verse that, that 
this one verse here kind of condenses chapter 6, 7, and 8, and 9 of the book of Genesis. In that sense, it's a very, it's a very uh, cryptic verse. It assumes that you know the story. And, and that, that's a fair assumption because what is the title of the book? Tell me. Hebrews. Well, what is a Hebrew? That's a Jew, right? So the, the book here is written to the Hebrews, who the Jews. Now, of course, it, you know, it's for us, it's for everybody, but, but it was addressed to the Hebrews. That's why it has that name, the book of Hebrews. So he's, he's writing to people here who have been versed in the Old Testament, in the law. They, I mean, they, 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 were been, they were brought up in that. However, by this time, by this time, the uh, Judaism, what is the, the Jewish religion, Jew, Judaism, had become so corrupted that it was no longer a, a religion of faith or a, you know, a belief uh, uh, in God. It was a system of works, keeping the law and not doing anything on the Sabbath and, and uh, not eating with, you know, with dirty hands and and not taking over, over so many steps on the Sabbath day and, and, and all kinds of stuff like that. You know, the Pharisees were always complaining to the Lord Jesus because of things that he was, he was doing or his disciples were doing. And, and uh, they were saying, oh, you know, that's, that's just not right. But, but the, uh, the, the people here that he's writing to, they knew the story. They were very familiar with the story. In fact, the whole chapter, chapter 11, Hebrews 11, is a brief, is very brief in uh, referring to people of the Old Testament. The references to Abel there, uh, brief. The references to Enoch, brief. The reference to Noah is brief, really. A little more detail with regard to Adam, Abraham and Sarah. Rever references to Moses, fairly brief. Reference to others in chapter and verse 32, all you got's names. It quits even mentioning anything except just giving the name Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel, the prophets. And so the assumption here is these people know the Old Testament. They're familiar with these characters, and, and you know it. You, I mean, you're, you're the Wednesday night people, you're people that you're, you know pretty familiar with the Bible. You're familiar with the, with the Old Testament. You've been, you've been taught. You, and so this is not, you know, this is not something just out of the blue that's the first time you've ever heard anything like this. So, um, so they, these people, they were familiar with the characters of the Old Testament, the stories behind those characters, just as we, just as we are. We're we're familiar because we have read the Bible. We've studied the Bible. Uh, we've studied the lives of different characters. We, and uh, and you know, and, and the Bible and, and the New Testament tells us that that all of those things that were written back then were given for our learning and admonition. And uh, and and they were for what it what the Bible calls insamples, or we'd say examples. They were examples. And so it, it does us good. You know, there's a there's there's a big movement now, you know, to uh, to get rid of the Old Testament. You know, the, the Old Testament's not for 
us today. And, and one of the leading uh, proponents of that is the uh, son of uh, Charles Stanley. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've had some of our people that, that made, you know, mentioned, made mention in a positive way of, uh, of him. Andy Stanley is his name. I want to warn you about Andy Stanley. Do not, do not, do not read and accept the stuff that he writes. Uh, he's a heretic of the, of the, and you know, and I know, I know that I know it's grief to his dad, Charles Stanley, because uh, because Charles Stanley, from my understanding, is a fundamentalist, and um, and you know his teaching of the Bible is correct and everything, <clears throat> but to have a son that has gone, I mean, he's he's an apostate. He's an apostate. So so beware. So um, so here uh, the, the the Jews they were familiar with the astounding story of Noah, <clears throat> uh, and and here in chapter eleven we find you know it starts listing these faithful men. Noah then uh, his name comes up, and uh, and also then about you know he built the ark and you know he he obeyed God and all. Remember James said that faith without works is what? It's dead, it's empty, it's, not, it's of no value. Uh, and what he meant by that is that true faith is supported by action. You don't work to get saved, you work because you are saved. And so uh, Noah's certainly a classic illustration of that fact in the Old Testament. His action of faith is in some ways more remarkable than anyone else. The Bible everywhere and always teaches that, <clears throat> that men... <clears throat> come to God by faith alone and then go on to live in faith. And that simply means to take God as his word and trust in that word is true. Never by works or self-effort uh, effort or ceremony or, or moral achievement. Or, it's none of that, that that you reach God. You always come to God by faith. It's always been so. It's never been any different. It has never been any different. But when the gospel of grace, the gospel of faith came along, being preached by Christ and the apostles, it seemed to the Jews of that day, because, see, they had been taught wrong, uh, Judaism had become a corrupted religion. And so, uh, so when, when uh, you know, you come along, you get the gospels, the book of Acts, you got the epistles of Paul, you got... You, you got all these these uh, uh, preachers now that uh, uh, preach with a new covenant, uh, our our new testament. That's another word for that is new covenant. Covenant, uh, and so this was this was strange to those those Jews, and uh, and so it's really you know it's really a, kind of a a miracle I guess you'd say that that that. They were able to reach a lot of Jews with the gospel back back then because of what they had been taught. You know what they had, and, uh, and now you come, you come, and and uh, instead of being uh, uh, that you come to God by works, by keeping the law, by all that stuff. You know now it's just by faith. That was strange. So what what they're doing here, what what in Galatians and in Hebrews, what he's doing is showing that it's always been by faith. It's always 
uh, whether it was Noah, whether it was Abraham, uh, it was always by faith. David, it was always by faith. And, uh, and so uh, this is why, you know, he had those Jews that were following Paul. Every, everywhere he went, they'd, there'd be a bunch of them following him to try to undo his message, try to, you know, pre, you know well, you know what Paul said is all right, but you've got to also be circumcised. You've got to keep the law. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And so they were, uh, they were, they were trying to undo everything that that Paul and the other and the other uh, disciples that that were uh, preaching, that were going everywhere preaching the word, uh, and and so they were they were teaching that salvation comes by works. Now, uh, now God hated that that teaching as He always does, <clears throat> but but the Jews had placed their hopes in in uh, the fact that they were, they were what they called the chosen. They were, faith, they were placing their faith in their nationality. You know, have you ever heard, you ever heard any, especially these news people, uh, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll debate about what it is that makes a Jew, and they say, well, you know, it's a religion, or it's this or that. No, what makes a Jew is their nationality. Uh, 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 not all the Jews. Uh, when, when we were there in Israel and our, the guy that was our guide and, and all this was a Jew. He was himself a Jew. And, but he told me, he said, I'm not a religious Jew. Um, he said, I, I'm a secular Jew. He said, I, I have no religion. He said, you might say I'm an atheist. Um, but, and so, and he, told, he said, the majority of the population of Israel they are not, they are not religious Jews. They've come back, they've come back to Israel in unbelief, and they remain that way. Uh, so, but, but see, they, they were, they were uh, teaching that, you know, well, you, you're the chosen, you're the chosen because of the fact that you're a Jew, you know, that gives you kind of a, a head start. Uh, and also circumcision, possession of the law, conformity to the law, observance of ritual, all the externals. And, and maybe maybe the model of that, the most well-known model of that, was the Apostle Paul himself. Remember, he's, he said that he was circumcised the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, a zealous Jew, as measured against the law, openly blameless, a traditionalist, which he thought was gain to him, but he found... He found the true gospel of faith and grace through Christ, and he said all of that was just dung. That was rubbish. That, that was nothing. That had, you know, that had no part in, in bringing me to God. The theme of salvation, I can't stress this too much, the theme of salvation has always been faith. And that's the whole point of the chapter to say to these Hebrews, this is not, this is not new, this is old, this is not new. And, and the lead into chapter 11, where the, where the writer of Hebrews quotes from Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, he said, the just shall live by faith. That's in the Old Testament, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2 and verse 4. Faith has always been God's way. It was never any different than that. So, so the gospel of grace and faith is not new. And the rest of chapter 11 makes the message crystal clear by giving us a list of all those who can be classified as men and women of faith. 
the means of righteousness both in the New Covenant, New Testament, and the Old Old Testament, Old Covenant was faith. Now we 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 seen we, we saw there uh, I read there anyway the example of Abel, and I mentioned to Abel that was the life of faith. We've seen the example of Enoch and the walk of faith, and now we come to Noah and the work of faith. And Noah's story is really amazing, and, and that's why I said that that. The, the more that I got into this, and especially over there when God's given the instructions about building the ark and all that, <clears throat> uh, it, it gets pretty complicated. It gets pretty complicated. And, uh, and there's, there's just a, a lot. There, there's a lot that's not mentioned there, but, but you know, we know from life, we know from experience, we know and all that there, you know, there had to be things uh, done to build that ark that that he doesn't talk about. He doesn't tell us, you know, how much money it costs, how much uh, where where Noah got his money, uh, how many people that he had to hire to help with that. Uh, uh, I mean, but even logic, even logic can tell you that there's no way that Noah and his three sons could have built that by themselves. There's just no way. They had to have help. Uh, the weight of, of things, you know, the the timber and the things that you know they have to bring in, and and, uh, and and how did they how did they how did they uh, get those the trees, the logs? How did they get that into planks, you know, and and uh, all? Well, you know, uh, I guess back then, you know, they, they had to do it by axe. You know, one time when I was a little boy in, in uh, South Georgia, we lived in a in a log cabin that it was, and you could tell that it was not, they didn't get those logs out of a sawmill. You could tell that they had been, they had been shaped with an ax and, um, and put on there and, and, uh, and then they'd, they'd notch out the ends of those logs so that they'd set, you know, and all, you didn't have to use any nails. And, uh, I can tell you a lot of things. Well, sometimes we're, we're watching you know, some of the old westerns you know, on TV and Janice say, wouldn't you hate to have lived like that? I said, honey, I did. <laughs> I did. I've lived, I've lived in, in homes without electricity, without running water. Uh, I've, I've lived in, in homes where we had to have kerosene lamps for light. Our only heat was a fireplace. Um, no, no running water. You had to go out to a well or a pump. Or uh, and and if the pump if the pump went dry, then you had to go somewhere where you could find water. Uh, I I remember my daddy going someplace. I don't know where it was he would go. I was just a little kid, but he'd come back with five gallon jugs of of uh, water. It wasn't moonshine. It was water. <laughs> now he did hold the moonshine too, but but he didn't bring that into the house. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I've I've gone through all that, and um, <clears throat> and so I can you know I can kind of I can kind of understand how difficult it would have been because in Noah's day <clears throat> they didn't have electricity, didn't have sawmill, you know, didn't have they everything they had to do, you know, in making planks and stuff like that, they had to use an axe, and. Um, now, see, that takes a lot more time 
than when you run it through a saw. <clears throat> and, and everything about it, you know, and, and going out in the forest and getting, getting all these, and they had, it had to be a certain kind of lumber. In the Bible, it's called gopher wood. Uh, nobody knows what that was, what kind of wood that was. But, uh, but it was, uh, evident was something that was plentiful in that day in that area. <clears throat> but he and his boys, they had to go into those forests. They had to cut all that wood down. And uh, uh, am, am I helping you see how the difficulty of all this? But the amazing thing was that, that uh, Noah believed what God told him, and he acted on it. And um, so, so this, you know, this, <clears throat> uh, to me, you know, I've, I've looked at Noah differently since I've been, been in this study. I've looked at him differently. <clears throat> and, uh, and I think that, that Noah had to be one of the great men of all times as far as faith and, and, and what he did. <clears throat> the, the, the two most outstanding uh, climactic events of the Bible, first of all, is creation. How God in six days created everything there is, the universe, uh, the earth. God created that. Of course, that is, that is the greatest event that could ever take place. But the second greatest event was the flood. In all of history, there's never been anything uh, that, would, that would measure up to that, that event, the flood, when God destroyed every human on the face of the earth except for Noah and his family because they were the only ones that had faith. They were the only ones that believed. And, uh, you know, you go back into Genesis chapter 6 and, and uh, see that, uh, you know, what the, the condition of humanity. And, you know, you'll, know, you'll never read anything that, that's more, you know, that's, that's more wicked, uh, uh, people that are more wicked than what they were in Noah's day. Uh, and see, and see, here's another thing. Uh, it says, it says here, by faith, by faith, Noah being warned of God. Now, this is very important. This, he had nothing to go on but what God said. He had nothing to go on but the word of God. Now, he didn't, he didn't have the written word like we do. But God, God spoke to him. Uh, he understood it. And you obeyed, you obeyed, obeyed what God said. And, and here, now, remember, there, there'd never been, I mean, when, when, you know, when God was telling Noah now it's going to rain, watch rain. Lord, watch rain. It had never rained before. The Bible says the earth was watered by a mist that came up from, from, the, from beneath. And, uh, and uh, Bible scholars tell us that back before the flood, that there was a canopy of, of water that encircled the earth. And, and this is, they, they claim this is one of the reasons people lived so long back then because the, the rays of the sun were filtered through that, that canopy of, of water. And, uh, 
and, and the, you know, they say that the, the sun is, you know, that's what, uh, the, the, that's what causes a lot of problems. Makes you, you know, want to go shut yourself up in a dark room somewhere and never get, but if you don't get some sunlight, you'll die anyway. So, uh, but, but, um, you know, the sun, it's the sun, that's what causes wrinkles and, and, uh, and, you know, all the, all the other things that, <clears throat> that take place, you know, that are not agreeable with us. But, um, but Noah somehow was able to comprehend that, that, that God was going to open up that canopy and, and let that water come down and open up the fountains of the deep, that's from the earth, let that water come up and, and flood the entire earth. And now uh, Mount, Mount Ararat, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm right in this, I think that Mount Ararat was a mountain 17,000 feet high. The water had to be high enough that it covered that. So you're talking, so, and it was all over the earth, all over the earth. See, it took 40 days and 40 nights when, that, when God opened up that canopy of water up there and let that all flood the earth, plus opening up the fountains of the deep, letting that... Uh, that was, that was a lot of water. And see, it's the flood that has caused, uh, you know, like the, uh, the mounts being pushed up and, and uh, canyons and things like that. You know, they, you go out to the Grand Canyon, they'll tell you, well, you know, it took millions and billions of years for all, you see all, you see all the different colors, you know, of the crustacean there. And that, that's, that was what the water washed away uh, in, a, in a billion years. And then the second crustacean there, that's another billion years. And so they, you know, coming all the way up. <clears throat> well, we were there. We were looking out at that, and, and you know, there's a bunch of people there. And Janice said, uh, how, could, how could you look at something like this and not believe in God? She said it out loud. And so some, some woman there, uh, she said, "I can look at it and not believe in God. I don't believe God did that." She said, "She's that." She said, "That's because of uh, the flow of water for billions and billions of years. That's washed all all that out." <clears throat> I've heard of people actually falling off, you know, that of that area there, and uh, and being killed. And I I wondered why God didn't push her off. But anyway. <laughs> Now, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, should I? Yeah. <laughs> you, you're you're going to go home and you're going to say, did you hear what that Baptist preacher said tonight? <laughs> I, I want to tell you, uh, I never have acted on anything like that. <laughs> Listen, don't, don't look at me like that. You're just as guilty as I am. You have some thoughts, too, that are not real good. You know, but anyway... Um, in chapter 6, uh, verse 13, Genesis, Genesis chapter 6, verse 13, uh, God said to Noah, the, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through, through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. 
God comes to Noah, he tells him he's going to destroy the entire earth. Now, it's, it's been about 1,500, 1,600 years since creation. And the story of man on earth has just gotten worse and worse and worse uh, since the fall in the garden. Sin is running rampant. It's an ever-increasing, escalating offense to God. So God de delivers a, a decree that he's going to destroy the whole earth and then goes on to say specifically by water. He's going to drown the human race, sparing only Noah and his family and no one else. <clears throat> In verse 18, I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your son, your wife, and their wives uh, with you. Now, this, this is the most remarkable judgment event in the, in the Old Testament, or, or really uh, of all time, destruction of the entire human race except for eight people, Noah and his family. So history tells us that God will judge sinners. The Bible tells us that God will judge sinners, and he does. And he judges every sinner one at a time. One at a time. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. The judgment. Every sinner faces the judgment of God one sinner at a time. <clears throat> but periodically, uh, there are these massive judgments of God. For, for a long time, God will, you know, God will leave people to their own way. You, you read about it in Judges, you know, where uh, the people would turn away from God, committing all kinds of sins and everything and then then a, a prophet would come along a judge would come along and and uh lead the people back you know back to god and so god spare them but but uh, but there have been times in in history the history of mankind that god has allowed the destruction of empires of nations uh we've had our, our world has experienced our uh since the beginning of, of uh, creation, our world has experienced, according to history, four world empires. Uh, the first was the Babylonian, the second was the Medo-Persian, third was the Grecian, the fourth was the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire lasted somewhere around 2,000 years. That's incredible, an incredible uh, thing. But, but they all met their destruction. They all met their destruction. And, um, the, you know, the, the longer the time goes on, uh, it seems the more wicked men get. We're, we're living, America has become a cesspool of sin. I, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's just, it's so hard to imagine uh, but you see, you know, you see things, if you know anything about the Bible, and, and you see things or hear things that are happening, and, and you know, it makes you know the world's getting ready for the Antichrist. You see, God, God is letting things happening, happen that are shaping up for the Antichrist. You see, COVID-19, COVID that, that shows you right there that that an entire world can be shut down. 
And while it wasn't one man, uh, it was several that were doing that back then, there's going to come the time when it's just going to be one man. It's going to be the Antichrist. He'll rule the world. And you see, we're, we're getting ready. We're, you know, you may not like me saying this, but uh, the political situation in America is pointing toward the Antichrist. Things that are happening that, that is getting ready, is getting ready for the rule of the Antichrist. And, and, and it, you know, it's, in my opinion, it's more one party than the other, but both of them are, both are, are any, any, any of them, independents, anybody, they're all, they're all being led. You know, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the uh, three frogs, you know, that were coming out, and this, was, this is a picture of demon, demonology, and, and how they're leading these kings to do, do certain things. And see, that's, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Um, their demonism is more prevalent now than it's ever been in our lifetime. And that's because that there's less gospel being preached. There's less, there's less Christianity being practiced. You know, when the Bible, I've always, uh, uh, it's been a disturbing verse in the Bible to me when it says, when the Lord comes, shall he find faith on the earth? See, we're, we're getting to place. We're, we're, in, we're, you and I, Christian, we are in a minority, a, a real minority. And, and it's getting, getting fewer all the time. And uh, that's why I preach so much against these uh, entertainment centers that call themselves churches, but they're not churches. And they're not reaching people with the gospel. They're not getting people saved. They're entertaining people. They're keeping them, you know, keeping them all happy and, you know, and grinning and everything's hunky-dory. Uh, but, but they're lost. They're lost and, and, and they're, and they're going to they're gonna be judged. They're going to be judged. But, uh, but he, you know, in, in this and comparing, going back to Genesis chapter uh, 6 and 7, 8, 9, back all, all that in there, especially chapter 6, you can, you can see here uh, from that what a great man of faith that Noah was. This is really what, you know, what these lessons have been all about. It's about, about faith, men of faith, men, and, and the only way of, of salvation is by faith. It's not by works, not anything you or I could do, not through our, you know, our good behavior or anything like that, uh, but it's by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Lord uh, uh, made a statement about Judas one time. He said it would, it would have been better for that man if he'd never been born. That's the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of thing it is now. There, there's so many people who had been better that they had never been born because they're heading for judgment. It is appointed a man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. Verse 7, this is in Genesis 6. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, from man to animals to creeping things to birds of the sky. 
for it repenteth me that I've made them. Now, uh, you know, that some people are very disturbed about that word repenteth there, <clears throat> but uh, the, the, the explanation that, that Bible scholars give for that, that that's an uh, anthropomorphic statement uh, it, because repent means to change your mind and God cannot change his mind. God cannot change his mind. And he, he's not, he, he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to undo anything that he's ever done. Uh, but, but this is, this is a, uh, an anthropomorphic emotion that God regretted what he'd done, um, but not, you know, not that, so, so when we, we talk, when it talks about there and, and mentions that a couple of times in that chapter, it repented the Lord and he was grieved, <clears throat> but it doesn't mean that he changed his mind. It's, that's just a, um, another way, you know, putting it in human terms that, that we could understand. But, uh, but the, the, uh, the fact that, that God had told, uh, Noah, and I wanted to get this before, before the lesson is over. <clears throat> God makes a covenant with Noah here. And uh, I'm going to have to skip over some things here. <clears throat> See if I can find that. God made a, a covenant with uh, Noah that... Uh, that he was not going to destroy him and his family. Uh, here, here in verse 18, he said, I'll establish my covenant with you. This is the first time the word covenant appears in the Bible. It's a covenant with Noah and his family to spare them. And of every living thing in all flesh, you shall bring, you, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark. And now he's starting to give the details of why you know, why this thing is so big. Uh, he, he said here, and I'm kind of paraphrasing for the sake of time, he said, keep them with you alive, male and female, of the birds after their kind, animals after their kind, every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. <clears throat> now there were, there were others God instructed him to bring, to bring, other animals besides so that they would have something to eat they'd have something to feed on during that year that they were in the ark uh, and also uh, to feed the animals you know to feed the animals that would be that were to be there but um, uh, another thing was that that uh, you know question comes up how was Noah able to go out all, all over the then inhabited earth and gather all the animals bring the ark. Well, he didn't. God did it. God did it. God brought them in. Brought, brought all, he brought those animals. And remember now, uh, there, there, was, there was only two of every kind. Uh, for instance, there would have been a male and female dog. And, and so you've got all kinds of different varieties of dogs now, but they all came from those two. They're there, see, 
the Bible the Bible talks about reproducing after after its kind after its kind and uh, but but all all of the dogs you have now whether it's a little poodle or a greyhound or whatever it may be Doberman Pinscher what they all came from those two uh, but it's through you know interbreeding and all that and uh, same thing with with cows same thing with you know any kind of an animal birds all that um, you, you didn't need as many that's what I'm trying to say because it was just uh, two of each kind and and then then they would reproduce when you know once uh, the when they were let off the ark and all that <clears throat> but uh, but God was the one he's, he's not leaving that up to Noah to try to gather them all up God God brought them there and um, in verse 22 it says Noah did according to all that God had commanded him so did he now I want to tell you something that is a monumental act of faith Noah did all according to all that God had commanded him so did he what faith what faith um, so there were, there were, I, I was going to uh, mention three, three things about faith I'll just give them to you because I'm, I'm going to make this the last lesson <laughs> if I have to cut some things uh, off here but <clears throat> three things about his faith all this other has been uh, introduction and review <clears throat> but first of all he obeyed God's word he obeyed God's word uh, those of you are taking notes. That's that's point number one. He obeyed God's word. That that's the essence of faith. Faith doesn't have to understand. It doesn't have to comprehend. Faith reaches out for something that's beyond experience, beyond comprehension. I think we understand that a little bit. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We've talked about that. We've entrusted our eternity to God. We're living in faith, trusting God for a heaven that we've never seen to escape a judgment we've never seen. The Bible says that all sinners, all sinners are going to go to hell. They will, they're, they'll be judged and, and for all eternity in hell. And, uh, and so it's by faith it's, uh, that, you know, that... There, there are things that we, we don't understand. There are things that happen almost all the time, you know, in my life with me. I don't understand it, but, but I trust God. I trust God. And then second, his faith not only showed up in his obedience, but it showed up in his preaching. Uh, he, he obeyed God's word and he announced God's judgment. He, he was a prophecy preacher, a prophetic uh, preacher. Third thing is that, that not, he obeyed God's word, he preached God's judgment, he received God's righteousness. He became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. That sounds so New Testament, doesn't it? He became an heir of the righteousness which is by faith. He believed God and because he believed God's word, 
God granted him, God imputed righteousness to him. That's what it means in verse 8 of Genesis 6 when it says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What faith, what faith, and what a man. Would you stand, please? Bill, we'll just we'll just have the musicians. You won't have to come. You won't have to come. And even though you're having problems with your throat tonight, your voice. <clears throat> um, we're going to spend a few minutes here in prayer. I want you to, uh, if you if you want to come to the altar to pray, you're welcome to do that. If you'd rather just be where you are, you can be seated if you want to, or if you want to stand, that's fine too. But uh, spend these next few moments in prayer while I'm musician. So.